0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fabulous Free Verse Friday edition of the Kingdom of God podcast. And I do have a very good one for you today because I got a little bit more insight for you on the corruption that's going on at the courthouse. And uh, yeah, I've got a very, very small but significant detail to reveal that may be very, very telling as to what's going on behind the scenes there. Um, But I'm going to be telling you about one of the things I did to deal with that today. And, um, what else? Oh, yeah, and the notice of intent to defend finally arrived in my mailbox today, and it was addressed to me properly, wouldn't you know? So, uh, the proper address was expressed as Sean Von Den, handwritten in the proper style, the way we're taught in grade school. Uh, and then underneath that, King Sean, House of Von Den, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God. Then the physical address with the postal code. So, <clears throat> I'll be talking about the relevance of those details and how beneficial all of that is to my statement of claim already, even though there's no statement of defense been prepared by defense counsel yet. So, all of that and more on this show. And of course, it's a fabulous free verse Friday, so I'll be uh, sharing all of my random thoughts with you too. And maybe we'll get a bit of crazy ambient. Uh, Sounds later on tonight like you know cars rubbing their engines as they go down the street because it is a wild and crazy Friday night So stay tuned. I'll be back in just a moment All right, everyone welcome back so um, I'm going to do this in chronological order. So the first uh, news of the day. I guess is that uh, the notice of intent to defend finally arrived in my mailbox And as I said in the intro, it was addressed to me properly. Now, uh, what is the significance of that? Well, um, if, you know, inside that package, of course, was the actual uh, document, the uh, Notice of Intent to Defend, um, and the document on the inside expresses, again, my name in the top left-hand corner in the proper style. So, um, the address, just as it was, was expressed on the envelope, is also expressed Um, on the Notice of Intent to Defend uh, itself, Um, and the significance of that is that the Notice of Intent to Defend is titled in all capital letters, and so is the title of the claim. So even though I didn't express it that way when I filed the claim, and I was curious about that because I wasn't sure. If it would still, because I know that the lawyers always express it in all capital letters, um, but I didn't express any of the names in capital letters, it's a title of the claim. It's not actually identifying the individuals. The, ident- the individuals are um, identified, if you will, in the statement of facts that comes after that. Okay, So it is just a title. Um, <clears throat> so it's not really necessarily something to be alarmed about when you see it on um, a court document. However, um, the reason that it can be is if the individual that's identified in the statement of claim later is expressed in Capitus diminution Maximus, and in the all-capitals as well, that you don't want to see, um, 100% for sure. And what my address does is, obviously there can't be two people, right? <laughs> so... Um, The court is 100% going to understand what I'm doing. They're going to understand that I know the difference between the legal person created by the state and I'm separating that I am acting as the legal and lawful private attorney, King Sean von Den. So now, um, Sean von Den, the name of the plaintiff, is identified as a natural legal person. (laughs) Um, And it's actually established factually and admitted now by defense counsel because she's compelled to address me by my proper, you know, that's why you put it on the end of the claim. That's why it has a back sheet with your address, blah, blah, blah. So um, the other significance of that is with relation to my statement of claim is that in my statement of claim, I, t- you know, one of the facts that I state is that I'm King Sean, House of and hand of Stephen, kingdom of God, um, I, you know, and I've, I've sworn a sp- spiritual life, and this is known by housing services, and well-known by housing services, and now, um, that asserts it, like, they they, they are addressing me as that, so <laughs> they've, they've just admitted now that that is true, that's an established fact now by both parties, um, without even having to, like, you know, we haven't even gone to court yet, but they're already basically helping me to win again, just in the way that they are being compelled to address me, um, throughout this, this these proceedings, and, uh, believe me when I tell you, like, the courts 100% understand all of that, and my belief is that I think Gen thought that the courts were going to think it was really weird that, you know, there was two people, or that I'm, I'm presuming to be two people, but the courts know that the legal entity that they create is not a people, it's a position of office. And so what I've done is established the natural person, which is also a legal entity, okay, but it's still just a legal entity, it's not the living man either, the natural person is not the living man either. Um, The natural person is the legal, that's what a legal entity for the living man is called though, if that makes sense. So when people say that the natural person is the living man, technically it's true in that way, um, because it it's the legal expression of the living man, but that's all it is. So now, the court is addressing my legal person as the natural legal person, w- the one that was created by God, and that natural person does have all the inherent rights given by God. And so... Um, that's the relevance of that, but that also got me thinking about a couple of other things, and I was talking about um, the significance and the power of uh, inherent jurisdiction, right? And what what it means to have an inherent jurisdiction, so... But I think I might be able to clarify that a little bit further, and maybe explain it a little better, um, because, you know, uh, I, I state that it gives the... The Court the power essentially to inherit my jurisdiction, right so when I walk in there as a king, I have all my inherent rights now because it 's a court of inherent jurisdiction. It inherits whatever the highest jurisdiction is um, available, and so what i 'm wanting to point out to you is that the reason that my position is not um, in conflict with a judge or a justice is because I am not presuming to have authority over them. What I'm actually doing is I am empowering them to do things that they would not otherwise be able to do. I mean, they always have the power and the authority to um, exercise relief for inherent rights. That is true, but... Most people are not going to be going into those courts as a natural person, and so the justice is never going to be able to exercise that inherent jurisdiction. It can only go as high as the jurisdiction of the people in the claim, if that makes sense, right? So the judge is going to rise to whatever jurisdiction it is capable of rising to at the maximum level, and what the courts of of all all superior courts in Ontario, when it says that they are inherent jurisdiction, it means that they're a common law court and that all of the highest jurisdictions of law are available to that justice. So he can provide remedy for international law, federal law, provincial law, municipal law, etc. Okay? Um, he typically, or she, wouldn't typically, uh, you know, be looking after municipality, maybe, <laughs> um, because, you know, you don't necessarily need that much authority to be having jurisdiction over a, a, a municipal matter, for example. But um, the reason I think this is significant, though, is because, you know what, I've been talking a lot on my blog and saying that, you know what, if you if you actually want to have any of the inherent rights that are afforded to you by the UN Charter available to you, you need to be going into court with the right status and again i 'm speaking to people who say that you need to go to the courts and ask for a court of inherent jurisdiction. No, you need to know what inherent jurisdiction courts are in your country um, look look for it it doesn 't matter uh, what country you 're in. Um, just just type in inherent jurisdiction uh, courts of inherent jurisdiction and then your country behind that. put that in a Google search and it, you know you should get some kind of um, Direction as to which courts in your country are going to be of inherent jurisdiction because I am anticipating that every single country in the world has the right and authority to be able to hear international matters um, Because they're going to every country of the world is going to be communicating internationally with people they have international relations and so you need a Like all courts would need to have the inherent jurisdiction to, uh, to inherit <laughs> Um, international law. And otherwise, those laws really don't apply. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, this is why when uh, I start writing to, like, Housing Services or Ontario Works that, hey, look, you know what, you're trespassing upon my inherent rights, they don't believe that they have to have any obligation to those. Okay? And guess what? They might not. (laughs) Um, If one is holding a position of office as the citizen... And the reason for that is because the highest jurisdiction of protection that citizen would ever be able to ask for in a court would be the highest jurisdiction that they have claimed. And so if they go in as a Canadian citizen, well, you're under Canadian law, and technically Canada has recognized the UN Charter, and so if you ask for those inherent rights, you should be able to get relief for them anyway as a Canadian citizen. That's philosophically what I'm saying. But I think... Or at least what I'm getting at is that without exclusive knowledge of that and how to express that to a court and articulate it properly, um, I believe that many courts would most often, especially if you're going in with a lawyer, would be stating that the court does not have the jurisdiction to hear those matters because it's a provincial court or it's a whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I don't believe that the lawyers working for Canada are going to advocate for the international rights that the the citizen has because it's not in the best interest of Canada as a corporation. So the individual has to know and has to ask for the inherent jurisdiction of that court and then say, okay, good, you do have inherent jurisdiction. And honestly, I think once you pose a question to the courts that way, I could be wrong, Um, but I believe if you are asking in the right way, I believe they would be more than happy to grant that because you're ingratiating the court to have more authority than it would otherwise have. And so I've just been kind of reconsidering all of these things. And um, especially when I saw the mail come in today, um, although, you know, some of the uh, people in these movements or whatever um, might try and tell you that, like, I'm just a crazy person and I have no idea what I'm talking about and lawyers may try and say the same thing, Ontario Works, whatever, I truly, genuinely, honestly believe that, especially with respect to the addresses and how, um, well, the recognition between me acting as the private attorney, you know, as King Sean, and separating that entity from the legal entity created by the state, I am 100% confident that the courts know exactly what I'm doing and exactly what all of that stuff means on my documents, and I believe it's very possible that the level of knowledge that I'm sharing with you, again, not to sound arrogant, but I do believe it is generally well beyond what most lawyers would ever be exposed to, so they don't know these things, <clears throat> but they they do... In a way, we can take... Well, I don't want to say we can take advantage, because I'm just talking about, you know, how important it is to have fairness in court, but... Um, You know, whatever they try and take advantage of you anyway, because that's what it is. It is a slight advantage, but if you know and understand how this works, um, you're really just you're not even gaining an advantage. You're just leveling the playing field, because um, and Genviev in this case is a very very good example, because they don't, you know, they're trying to do everything they can. To have me accept a lesser legal status because then those inherent rights won't apply. That's the relevance. Okay, so if I had accepted that package that they gave me, and I do believe that was the intent, honestly, and there's a reason to believe that because I looked at the renewal form from last year again, and if I remember, and I oh, I think I will because I'm mentioning it, um... If I remember, I will put in a link to the post that I'm talking about because I established all of the things that I made arguments for in this year's claim in last year's renewal package. And last year's renewal package was just an assertion of the very same contracts that I signed on with the lawyer when I initially got the subsidy. And it proves, again, that... I sent the housing renewal form back to them as King Sean of Von Den, Hannah Stephen, Kingdom of God, placed a very, very clear notice in there that that is the living man acting as the legal and lawful private attorney for the incorporated person for which they are issuing benefits commonly known by the Canadian government as Sean Von Den or something to that effect. So they have all of that on their record. and my notices to the government and my consent for them to, uh, you know, communicate with any government offices they need because that corporate entity has nothing to do with me and they can manage the taxes for their own business, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So, um, you know, that's a very big victory for me too because I didn't make a copy of those documents, so that's why I wanted to uh, talk about the power of an international publication because I thought to myself, wow, that's really weird, like, I keep records of everything. Why would I not make a copy of the renewal form last year? And I thought, okay, well, maybe I didn't have the money. But still, it seems weird because, you know, the COVID thing was going on and Staples was closed last year. So maybe I didn't have the, the card to be able to do it online or whatever at the time. I don't know. And that actually probably was the truth. Um, but I don't really remember. But <laughs> I, I looked at my number one most read blog post for today... And what do you think it was? It was last year's renewal package. And that's really interesting because, again, I don't know for sure. Uh, I, I give Genevieve a bit too much credit sometimes because I figured she was going to be reading my blog and know that the courts had responded to her and said no to her statement of her request to dismiss before, but I was completely wrong about that. So, um, yeah, uh, and I just lost my train of thought. Um, Okay, couldn't have been that important then. But anyway... uh, So, you know, um, all of that is good. I've got, like, a couple of small victories already guaranteed for when this does go to trial. And that's just based on, um, (laughs) you know, the documents. That's just based on the way that she's compelled to address me in a legal environment, in a legal um, atmosphere, if you will. So, that's, I don't know, that's really good. And, uh, oh yeah, I was just talking about how it's all published on my blog, so, you know, it seemed very strange to me that I wouldn't make copies of those documents, but of course I can go now and I can, uh, if I print, ask to print, like copy that, send it to a uh, USB drive, that blog post that I just told you I'm going to include with this post, um, I can also... Uh, adjust a setting that allows me to photograph all of the photos, of course, that go with that blog post. Um, So yeah, I do have a copy. (laughs) Uh, Because I did have the foresight to, when I'm not able to make copies of documents, to take photos of them and publish them to the online international record. And my international record, to the best of my knowledge, um, could probably be changed by somebody at the WordPress website, but I don't even know why, like, why would they? Um, and I certainly can't. I cannot backlog a post. like I can't, I can't publish something today and say that it was published two years ago. Okay, So the magic antics that are going on at the courthouse that allow them to be able to take a file at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, know somebody in default, and place that on the court of record as being done at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then have it showing up on the system two days later as having been filed at 10.40 in the a.m. of the same day, Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Does not make any sense at all. So, I am almost wondering um, if he maybe uh, left out a detail. And uh, maybe I will find out that you can't backlog the system. And maybe I'll find out that those entries were made at uh, 1040 on Tuesday morning, not Monday. And that would make more sense, um, because then it would show that somebody tampered with the system afterward. And it would also show that she was late. <laughs> so, the charge of fraud and perjury would no longer apply, but, you know, the uh, the acceptance of it would have to be overturned because I would show as having mine on the record first. Um, or at least I would be able to prove it was placed on the record first with Mike. So. My guess, um, actually, you know what, I'm going to get back to that in the second part of the show, because, uh, the mail that arrived for me today, it was very, very good news, because what I did not get is a statement of defense, and now we have 48 hours, basically, uh, how, what time is it? 48 hours and 39 minutes from now, uh defense counsel goes into default for a second time Sunday at midnight. And so I have to work Monday. Um, I think I mentioned that I did mention that on my last podcast. Um, But usually it's only for about half a day. So I should be home in the afternoon and able to go back down to the courthouse in the afternoon on Monday. And again, maybe that's just part of the magic of my universe, because that's when Uh, Mike was working last time, and maybe if I went in the morning, he wouldn't be there. I'd get Steve again or something, Uh, but I'm really hoping it's going to be Mike, (coughs) and uh, I'm I'm almost confident that I'm not going to get anything before midnight on Sunday, and if I don't, then I'm very confident. I'm not going to get anything Monday, so um, because Just to explain my logic um, because the real deadline is Sunday midnight so if I don't hear anything from her Monday or before Sunday at midnight um, asking for more time then I know that she doesn't think she's in default on Monday. <laughs> That's just it basically. Um, so she's she's, and that tells me that she believes she has longer than that um, and if she believes she has longer than that then there's no reason for me to believe she doesn't think she has until the Uh, let's see 22nd which is the day she was asking me for so again I think she's that arrogant that she's just like so sure of herself that I asked for the 22nd and that would be 10 days from today and that's what I'm going to do and well that's not what the the rules of civil procedure allow you to do and I think she's just trying to hope that I won't know that so, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's it for the first part of the show. The second part of the show is going to be even better, though, or at least as interesting, I think, because uh, I'm going to tell you how those letters, um, had me rethinking about everything that happened at the courthouse on Wednesday, and how that helped me to discover, uh, yeah, um some very, very important information. So, I'll be talking about that right after the break. Alright everyone, welcome back. So, um, how did this uh, mail help me to discover something else that was going on at the courthouse? Well, it made me reconsider what happened at the desk and reminded me why I was going to the desk in the first place, right? I was going to request a an email address for a motions office so that I could book a motion to place the defendants in default judgment. What happens next? Steve tells me that they are no longer noted in default and, you know, <laughs> whatever, and I ask how and why. I'm just like, what are you talking about? They're no longer in default. So he did get me the information. He said, uh, here, I'll give you an email address, but just so you know, they're not uh, noted in default. They placed a statement of intent to defend on the record before your notice of default. So it's, it's, uh, so yeah. And I'm just like, how and why is that even possible? And he, you know, I told most of the story again yesterday. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's old, uh, like, the whole story. Um, But what didn't occur to me yesterday, and why I haven't spoken about it, is, you know, he told me that they'd filed it on before me. I asked how that was possible, you know, because I was there at 3 o'clock. And, you know, and when I asked him to look into it further, I said, what time was theirs filed at? He said, I don't know. I'll have to look into the system. And I said, okay, can you do that, please? And I knew the the case file number, so I just told him what it was off the top of my head. It's 86803, or sorry, CV-2186803. And so I told him that as I was, like, pulling out my portfolio and, like, going over the documents that I had to show him my side. Um, What never occurred to me up until this point, (laughs) and it should have, absolutely, but no wonder my intuition was going off so high, And no wonder he asked if I was going to, um, summons him, because he shouldn't have any information about my case file at all. Like, why would he, uh, he told me that she filed on the online portal. So if she filed at the online portal and she managed to beat me to the punch, how does he know about that? Unless he's actually been tampering with the file in my absence. I didn't tell him. And he wouldn't have any reason to tell me that they were no longer in default, right? So it's very interesting that he knows, and uh, I think that's going to, you know, I, I think he's going to lose his job. I legitimately think he's going to lose his job, because um, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is, uh, you know that I already made um, the Justice Council aware of it. I considered writing the court again, um, The same email address that uh, Genviev had used in the first place, which is basically writing the superior courts of Canada and the court masters of the superior courts or something. So there was two emails that I went out to, and the the court masters um, have almost the same powers as judges. They're just a little bit underneath. Uh, I think one thing they can't do is hear inherent rights, so I would need an actual judge. But anyway, I thought about emailing them and telling them what she was up to now. But the reason I didn't do that is because uh, you're not supposed to be petitioning to the courts uh, without your, your other counsel's prior consent. And I'm not going to start breaking the rules just because she did. Um, I had her prior consent when I contacted them last time. I don't want to be contacting them again to let them know what's going on and make them be it giving them information that might make them partial to one side or the other because when I checked online to find out where one complains about um, court unfairness and that includes if you feel like you're being treated unfairly in any part of the process you can complain to the Justice Council of Ontario and that's that's where Service Canada directed me to go um, so that's where I directed my complaint. It's usually it appears just by reading the site and going through all of the things that they do or whatever um, it, it's mostly dedicated to complaining about judgments or ju- the way that one is treated by a judge or a justice or decisions that they make and that kind of thing. Um, but it also does cover unfairness in the process and, and all the other parts of the court too. So they'll probably be happy to get my complaint because I'm not complaining about a judge or a justice um, and I'm just complaining about unfairness in the courts at the level of the registrar um, and wondering what the hell is going on. Uh, so... Um, In addition to that, what I also did is I do call my blog an International Court of Record, and I thought, you know what, this is a really good way to test it, because what I did is um, I just reiterated all of the information about the times 1040.09 and 1040.15 is what uh, Steve is telling me the times were filed of the Statement of Intent to Defend, followed by my Notice of Default, which I know to be untrue because I filed in the afternoon of that day, if that is, in fact, a Monday filing that he's talking about, Um, and, hmm, yeah, so I put that on my blog, um, and then I posted the, I I talked again about how he also flagged the affidavit in my case file. Now, how would he know that that an affidavit had been flagged in my case file um, until he looked it up? So... Like I said, I think someone had to go in, um, find something wrong with my file. It was the affidavit, so he used that to flag mine, um, reversed the default judgment, and then entered both in just seconds after one another um, with an error note on the affidavit. Uh, So, and I think, um, like just, I'm just guessing, okay, so, and hypothesizing based on what, but it is based on some knowledge because... I'm considering how processes work in places that I've done before, like if I was to give somebody money back on a product or something like that, if a transaction happened twice, I don't know, like, um, in order to remove the default judgment, he would have to enter the problem and the reason for the default judgment being reversed. You can't just pull it, right? So he would have to flag a document on the system first, and he did the affidavit, and he didn't tell me about the affidavit until he looked the things up in the system. So he, but he told me right away that, he told me the reason was that I was too late on my filing. Um, and then he tells me that it's because, uh, yeah, so it it's like the first truth I caught him on, because um, I told him that it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So it was before me, but... Um, there shouldn't be any of my documents flagged in the system. So, now that I'm finding that uh, there's a document flagged in the system, that's the real reason it was overturned, because somebody flagged one of those documents, and there should have been nobody going into my file without being petitioned by someone to do so. Not after I left the courthouse on Monday, and there's no reason why Steve, unless he's, like, accessing my account when I'm not there on Tuesday or Wednesday before I showed up, he shouldn't have any information. He should have no idea what's going on with that. So, Um, I believe (laughs) that exposes him, and I also posted the email um, so that if he is telling me the truth about the times that are showing up on the court of record now, um, then I've now just proven on my court of record that the notice of intent to defend that I was served was served two hours after the filing, which makes the filing fraudulent and the affidavit of service that she would have had to file with that fraudulent and I was able to show that Mike is or sorry Steve Pardue is holding defense counsel to a different standard of uh, quality for their documents and rules than they are to me because either she did not provide the email proof of service with her affidavit, or she did well yeah, or she did, and the times were backlogged because it couldn't have been filed at 10:40 then. It must have been done Tuesday morning, so I'm thinking he might be lying about the day. But that 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 revelation actually just came to me while I was on the show today. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm excited about today. And also the fact that yeah, I haven't. You know, I was happy to get the statement of intent to defend, but it's the notice. It's the statement of defense. That's the real meat, and that's what they need to get in before the deadline and uh, they only have forty eight hours to do it. I doubt very much that uh, she will be working on it over the weekend, but you never know um, but I think she's just uh i don't know I certainly can't underestimate her because she, she you know <laughs> she's full of surprises I'll tell you that but um I don't know. I'm just feeling very, very confident because I'm I'm not worried. Like, I mean, even if it does, even, even if she was to get a statement of defense to me, we're going to get to go to court and I'm going to get to bring all of these things with all of my proof into a court. Um, but, what, oh yeah, this is the punchline, though, of the stuff that I published on my blog today, just to see, you know, what gets done, if anything. But I told the courts that there's your proof. Um, And uh, there's your proof of fraud as well. So I'm asking for this uh, to be overturned, and for the uh, notice of default, and to have them re-noted in default, effective as of Monday, and unable to participate in these proceedings without motioning to the court. Um, And then I said thank you. So, my blog is being read a lot lately, so I have a feeling that, you know, (laughs) maybe they'll do something. And uh, I doubt very much if they do that they're going to tell me that that's why they did it. But um, if they do what I'm asking them to do on my blog, that would be absolutely fabulous. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my show was very long yesterday. And I do think that that's all I really wanted to speak to today. But uh, the information about Steve is very, very, very significant because... You know, like, obviously, no wonder he looked so nervous when I came to the desk. Like, how does he know what's going on with my case file until he looks it up, right? So, the fact that he had to look it up when I asked to know what the times were, and that he had the information already, no, that's that's definitely something suspicious going on there. Um... You know, un- unless, like, uh, everybody at the courthouse is just talking about my claim because it's so spectacular that King John has a bond Hand of Stephen King to God is finally in, you know, Canada's superior court. And I'm being facetious when I say all of that, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, at any rate, none of that should be going on. Um, and I'm going to finish the podcast on a final note, positive note today, by stating that... Uh, I do actually think that the courts are beginning to appreciate my moral standard and, uh, and you know, how, how adamant I am about fairness, and I have a feeling they might kind of be, in their own secret way, sort of rooting for the little guy as well, and uh, I, like, I don't know, I just get a sense from the universe, not so much even the courts, but just like, well, everything in my universe, the courts too, not as much, um, but definitely... Hinting (laughs) that, um, and like, I don't know, there's like little things in my universe that have just been, like, everything seems magical lately. Uh, When I first walked home from the courthouse on Monday, after noting them in default, you know, I was just thinking about it being done, and like, how I might end up walking away with even more than 211, I don't think it's going to be less, Um, I, I believe that the justice will give me everything I'm asking for, and maybe even more after he hears what's gone on. So I started visualizing some of the ways that I'd like to upgrade my apartment. And I think I even told, I know I told you about some of them here. One of them was um, a fish tank. I would love to have, like, a a, a nice, I used to keep fish a lot (laughs) in Vancouver. And uh, I would love to have, like, a 100-gallon tank to put at the bottom of my stairs when you come into my apartment. Um, Because I have a basement apartment, that's really the ideal place, especially for a big fish tank. Because you have to be very worried about floor support once they get to a certain size. Um and uh what happens when I get home from the courthouse that day and I'm not even kidding like you know, I told you my thoughts manifest. I'm I'm thinking about this on the way home from the courthouse. It's amazing I didn't actually talk about it on the magical Monday because there were so much other things going on. But brand new 10 gallon <laughs> fish tank at the end of my driveway with canopy and working light. Okay, it doesn't have any gravel in it or anything, but uh you know, that's even better, because I get to decorate it exactly how I want, and I can get fish at the end of the month, and I'll have new pets, (laughs) Um, and honestly, fish tanks are so zen and fun, so that's one example of my word magically manifesting, well, I think it was about a week ago now, so this one didn't manifest quite so quickly, but, uh, (laughs) I got suckered in by a Dr. Squatch, uh youtube ad and you know i'm not even promoting it or or giving it props because i haven't tried it yet but i was sold on it (laughs) already and i thought man i would love to have some of that soap that that sounds like really good soap because i hate all the commercial soaps that you find at the regular um you know drugstore or whatever um right now i'm like using i think it's just for men's soap of some kind and like it just feels so chemical um And so, you know, I would just love to get some, like, natural soap that's good for my skin. I decided to join their web mailing list because if I do decide to purchase some, I get 15% off if I'm on their mailing list. So I thought, you know, if I do decide to, I might as well get the 15% discount, be notified of specials that they have, whatever. (laughs) What happens? My friend comes by today and, yeah, basically gives me a bar of Dr. Squatch soap, brand new. Um, I don't know where the hell she got it, but she said she thought about me. (laughs) and thought I would appreciate it and like it, so, uh, yeah, and, like, literally, she was just here for, like, half an hour, maybe she wanted to bring me the soap, have a smoke with me, chat with me for a bit, and leave, so that was today, Um, and, oh, my goodness, it smells so good, (laughs) you know, it's like a manly soap, okay, Um, even though it's, like, really, really good for you, it's got, you know, moisturizers and all that kind of stuff, but it's all, like, I don't know natural nuts and friggin' whatever. <laughs> um, go Like, honestly, check out the commercial. I'm sure you'll see it if you watch enough YouTube because it's, uh, uh, yeah, I got inundated with it, but maybe that's because I'm being targeted for, you know, men in my age group. That's probably the, you know, majority of people who are buying it. Anyway, um, that's the magical of my microcosm right now and uh, the way that I'm, you know, kind of being honored by... <sighs> By the courts, I can't say that. Obviously, you know, not not all of the registrars are necessarily honoring me. Um, it looks like I might even have an enemy or uh, a mole. <laughs> that's what I. That's how I think of it. You know, there, there's there's a traitor at the registrar's office, dun, 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 working on the inside with with the enemy. Um, you know, like a spy. You know, a spy for for defense counsel. And I'm pretty sure that there is that going on. Um, and it would be very very interesting if. You know, I eventually find out that one of the reasons that they're, you know, kind of giving me the green light on some of this stuff is because they figured that I might be smart enough to catch on to what is going on, and maybe they know there's corruption going on in the court, and they just, like, you know, they can't arbitrarily do anything if they can't catch it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if 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 I don't complain about this stuff, they're not going to take action just arbitrarily. They just don't do that. It's, you know, I, maybe they should, I don't know. Um But again, like, theoretically speaking, I don't think they can because, just like I said, nobody should be looking at my case file until somebody petitions them to, right? So that's what I mean. Like, there's no will for them to take any action unless um, I voice a complaint and bring this to the attention of people. And maybe this kind of thing has been going on for a while and nobody is petitioning the courts to talk about it and they know what's going on, but they can't, you know... (laughs) It's not up to them to point it out. And if defense or or plaintiffs or self-rep litigants, I think, are probably the people who are being taken advantage of by this kind of thing. And maybe they know it. And that's what I mean. Like, maybe it's not so much even that they're advocating for me, but maybe they're just trying to expose some of the corruption and get some of the shady, dishonorable lawyers out and show that the courts are actually standing in on her and that there's nothing wrong with the court system. There's just some really, really shady lawyers out there doing a lot of really, 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 you know, shitty stuff. And, uh, you know, if I'm able to expose that, I think they're going to be more than happy to uh, allow me to do that. But, you know, maybe not. (laughs) We'll see. Um, But again, because I'm publishing it online, that's really powerful. That's not the kind of thing they want to see published about Canada's courts. So... Um, you know, whether it's resolved automatically, um, and, you know, maybe as a result of my blog post or not, uh, you know, the good news is that we are, worst case scenario, um, we're gonna have our day in court with defense counsel, and I get to watch them squirm over all of these details, and you never know, um, maybe Steve Pardue actually, uh, will be summoned, you know, my... <laughs> might not be such a bad idea. I might, might, might just have to go back to the courthouse and thank him for that suggestion. So <laughs> that's my show for this Fabulous Friday, people. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, it's 12 minutes to midnight, so I'm probably not going to get this published in time for Fabulous Friday. But do make the very most of your weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. I'll be back to say goodnight in just a moment. all right people that's the uh, fabulous free verse Friday edition thank you so much for being here lots to look forward to in my uh, microcosm for the next little while um, like I said I got a bit of a work gig on Monday morning that's uh, that's kind of good for me I love I love doing that actually <laughs> um it doesn't happen often enough uh, I think this is like this will be this will be the third time so it's not like it's not like a regular regular thing third time this year and I think twice maybe last year I helped him um with a couple of things. But yeah, it's always like half a day and um he pays me pretty well. So uh yeah, it it, it helps out it helps out, especially in the middle of the month like this. So uh I got that to look forward to and I'm not sure um I'm just kind of basing this on my feeling from today, but uh because I'm I'm really just kinda waiting to to kill time for the next couple of days, I feel sorta like I'm in limbo right now and uh The next momentous day for me, really, is going to be Monday. Uh, So I may not do a podcast tomorrow or Sunday, and uh, I may just put off doing one until Monday and enjoy the weekend. And in the event that I do decide to do that, uh, I want to say thank you very much for your continued patronage. Uh, I love having you here. I love talking about these adventures. And I do hope that, uh, you know, it's offering something of value. I'm quite sure that it is, just because I I myself did not expect... <laughs> I mean, I, I know they have some dirty tricks. I didn't expect anything at this caliber, though. So, uh, you know, I think it's been very, very beneficial to anybody who's been listening to this just to see what kind of things you can expect from your defense in uh, a court of law, you know. Uh, but I'm going to stand on the idea that, you know what, don't, don't try any of these tricks that defense counsel is doing. Um... You know, make sure that you're always acting in honor. Just be wary of what's going on and uh, be vigilant when you see your opponent violating the rules. So, uh, thanks all for being here. Take care of each other. I love you all. Good night.